What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, October 2nd. Man, oh man, I'm so excited to be back and speaking with you guys. I know it's been a minute. I've been very, very busy. I started a new job. Shout out to my pops. He's actually getting married this week, so I've been kind of busy, but it is October. It is officially the fall. Basketball is headed our way within the next few weeks. I can't wait, especially for the start of college basketball. So you guys know what it is. Again, as always, I hope all y'all are doing well out there, staying safe, staying productive, and just elevating in every single aspect of your life. Keep going, man. Keep going. As long as you don't fold, you will never, ever lose. Just do not give up on yourself because I promise you everything will work itself out. Just stay the course, stay true, and trust and believe that everything will work out in your favor. But I want to start off the episode before we talk about some basketball. I just want to start off the episode with some gratitude because I am super appreciative of all the previous guests that I've had on recently between my guy Melo Williams, my guy Urson, my guy Adrian, and my guy Ben. I'm planning on getting one more for sure locked on guest before the end of the year, before we get into the college basketball season. Stay tuned for that. I definitely cannot wait to do that, but I'm grateful for all of them taking the time, um, an opportunity to come talk with us and speak with us and just give us, you know, their things on basketball and the different landscapes and things like that. So, again, I'm appreciative for Melo, for Urson, for Adrian, and for my guy Ben for all hopping onto the pod and talking that talk. And with that, as always, man, I'm just grateful for all my listeners, all my supporters. I appreciate y'all. I swear I do. All the love, trust, and believe. I feel it. I hear it. I sense it. And I'm thankful for all of y'all. Without y'all, I wouldn't even be going, to be honest. Like, I love doing this. This is very fun to me. Trust me, it's a, it's a passion of mine. But when I get, you know, notes and reviews talking about people appreciate me and they're looking forward to the next episode, I appreciate that. So trust and believe. I hear you guys. I see you guys. And y'all keep me more motivated and inspired than y'all will ever know. And before we get into it, though, my last thing, too, is speaking of my guy, Melo Williams, me and him have actually started or continue, shall I say, his show um, called The Press Conference, where we talk about you know, the grassroots scenes of high school basketball. It's on Team MBS Media. Nuts and Bolts Sports is always shout and salute to them for doing their thing. We're going to be doing that weekly, if not bi-weekly, so look out for that. We just dropped our first episode today. It's on Team MBS Media's YouTube page, so please go check that out when y'all get a chance again. Just talking about high school basketball, a little bit of college basketball, and just look forward to more of those again as the season progresses and gets near and near. Now, Let's get to the nitty gritty in the NBA world because the NBA season does start up soon. Uh, my bad. I did not look up the exact start date, but I know today was officially media day. That means preseason is on the way. And then eventually the real games are going to get kicked off. But of course, before the season started, we finally had the Damian Lillard trade go down and it did not happen for my Miami Heat. Dame Lillard was officially introduced today as a Milwaukee Buck. And before we actually get down to it, I'm going to just talk about the Heat's perspective on it real quickly because I know – I feel like when the trade dropped, everybody was, like, surprised it happened to Milwaukee first. And then the second reaction – or reaction, excuse me, was everybody kind of just laughing at the Miami Heat. So I'm going to get this out the way because I don't want to make this about the Heat whatsoever. At this point, it really has nothing to do about the Heat. But I'm not that mad just because you could tell by the way that this thing drew out because Dame requested a trade a couple months ago and over the summer, and you could tell that – the way that Joe Cronin was moving and speaking, that he literally had no intentions of helping out the Miami Heat and um, adhering to Dame's request. And so with that, 
I just had a feeling something like this would happen, if I'm being honest. And with that, I'm not even mad at Pat Riley. I'm not mad at Andy Ellsberg because it takes two to make a deal happen, right? And the Blazers clearly were not trying to operate whatsoever with the Miami Heat. And that's okay. A lot of people don't like the Miami Heat. It's just like Greg Popovich doesn't like the, the Los Angeles Lakers. Danny Ainge hates the Miami Heat. It's hate. Pat Riley hates the Boston Celtics. Things like that exist in the NBA. And smaller market teams like Portland, they don't like LA. They don't like Miami. They don't like New York. They only like the other small market teams. And so with that, again, I'm not tripping. I'm not worried. As long as I got Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Eric Spolster, I feel confident and comfortable with my team. We're going to have to ask Tyler Hero to be better. We're going to have to ask Nikola Jovic to be better. We're going to ask Jaime Hawkins to be better as a rookie. Um, Orlando Robinson as well, too. So I'm not concerned. You know, we got Josh Richardson. We got Thomas Bryant. We addressed some areas of needs. You know, we, of course, we still lost Gabe Vincent and Max Drew. So it's going to be a little bit of time and adjustment period to get, you know, those guys to get officially replaced. But it is what it is. The reason that these teams that we're going to talk about, the Celtics got better and the Bucks got better is because of what the Miami Heat did to them last year. So if you're a Bucks or a Celtics fan, you really should be grateful for what the Heat did to y'all in the playoffs last year because it made both of y'all front offices look in the mirror and say, hey, we need to get better. And that's exactly what they did. So that's that with the Heat. We're going to be fine. I don't I don't feel bad for being the villain. I like being the villain in these situations. So salute to Miami. We're going to be fine. Now let's kick them to the curb for a second, right? This is just me from my unbiased, just being a pure basketball fan, right? So Damian Lillard is officially a Milwaukee Buck. The official trade originally was a three-team trade between Milwaukee, Portland, and the Phoenix Suns, where, of course, the Bucks landed Dame. And then you had Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, a 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first round pick and two pick swaps in 2028 and 2030 to the Blazers. And then you had Nurkic, Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, and Keon Johnson go to Phoenix. And then on top of that, a couple days later, as we all probably projected, the Portland Trailblazers were not going to keep Drew Holiday. They have enough guards as it is. And then Drew was actually traded to Boston while the Celtics traded Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, a 2024 first round pick and a 2029 unprotected first-round pick as well. So let's start off with Milwaukee, right? If you're Milwaukee, this is exactly what you needed to do in order to keep Giannis happy. Before this news broke, the biggest news of the Milwaukee Bucks offseason was, is Giannis going to sign the extension? Is Giannis going to stay in Milwaukee long-term? Because if you're a Bucks fan, historically, you know that the Bucks have a hard time keeping their stars in Milwaukee for the duration of their career. Me personally, I couldn't even imagine seeing Giannis play for another team, so I'm hoping that he actually does stay in Milwaukee for the rest of his career. And when you get a guy like Dame, offensively, he is a much, much better offensive weapon than Drew Holiday. It's no doubt about that in my mind whatsoever. I don't think anybody's doubting that. Everybody should agree with that. The way that Dame plays, you literally have to pick him up from half court. The moment he takes a dribble past half court, it better be somebody guarding him because if they're not, he is going to make you pay every single time. His range is limitless. He's one of the greatest shooters we've ever seen. He's an NBA top 75 player of all time for a reason. Dame Lillard is a bucket. I think the biggest thing for him is that because he now has a legitimate shot at competing for a championship, he's going to have a different hunger slash drive to actually play in meaningful games because we've seen in Portland last year, the Blazers shut him down in those final 10 games because they were trying to tank and get a high first round pick, which of course ended up being Scoot Henderson. So, that's not going to be the case in Milwaukee. The case in Milwaukee right now is we're trying to compete. We're trying to maximize 
our championship window. And last year was kind of like a blip. Obviously, you had the Giannis injury. Chris Middleton wasn't healthy, and they ran into a Jimmy Butler Miami Heat team that just knows how to play them better than anybody else in the East. But when you get a dude like Dame, it changes everything. Offensively, you make life so much easier for Giannis. You make life easier for especially Chris Middleton and just everybody else. Because the thing is, I always say this, even before they got Drew, if you go back to 2019 when the Bucks ran into the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Raptors and Nick Nurse had the perfect game plan on how to build a wall. They were one of the first teams to implement building a wall and making Giannis really earn his points at the rim and just keeping him out the paint. And then when that happened, all the pressure would fall on Chris Middleton's shoulders and they would just completely collapse because, let's be honest, Eric Bledsoe's not a not a great playmaker, pretty good scorer, but he's not a great playmaker. So everything would happen and fall on Middleton's shoulders and it would force him to not only be a scorer, but for him to be a playmaker and get other guys involved as well. And that was an issue. And that's why they went out and got Drew. And now from Drew, they go to Dame. And for Dame, the good thing about him is he's actually an underrated playmaker. Like I think when we look at Steph Curry, Dame, Kyrie, when we look at those three names specifically, the first thing that pops out is for Steph the shooting and then for Kyrie and Dame, it's the scoring or the handle, whatever the case may be. But these guys are all very underrated and underappreciated playmakers as a whole too. Now I'm not saying they're Tyrese Halliburton's, I think they can pass the ball to that level if they want to, but because they're such high volume and elite scores, it's like you can't just not use your best abilities. And those guys, all three of them can play make at a high level. So for Dame, it's going to be very intriguing to see how Adrian Griffin, a rookie head coach, is going to incorporate, you know, Dame and Giannis pick and rolls, you know, Dame and Chris Middleton pick and pops. I want to see how creative they can get. Even Dame and Brooke Lopez picking a pass or picking rolls. It's going to be a lot of different aspects that they can go to, and it's going to be fun to see how Adrian Griffin, again, as a rookie head coach, can explore this team offensively. And they should be the best or at least the second best team in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. I think they'll probably be the second. I'm not going to lie. As much as I hate to admit it, I think I, I would have the Celtics as the best team in the East right now. It's currently constructed, but we'll talk about them in a second. But as a whole, this is a great move for the Milwaukee Bucks. This is what you had to do to keep your superstar player happy. You do not want to lose him in free agency, especially if it came down to a team like, you know, if he went to Miami or another team in the East. You do not want to lose Giannis at all. He's already brought you a championship the first in 50-something years, and now he has a chance to add on to that. And so my biggest concerns are two things. One, they're going to need one of these young guys to step up, the Milwaukee Bucks, that is, between – Andre Jackson Jr., who they drafted this year, Marjan Bochamp, who they drafted a year ago, or Malik Beasley. One of these role players has to step up because that was kind of like an underlying theme with last year's team that people really didn't want to talk about. But they were relying on guys like Wesley Matthews and just Joe Ingles, older guys that really they're good, but they're not they're not going to be a guy that can step up in the playoffs like like elite role players historically have done, like a Robert Ori. You even go back to last year, Caleb Martin. You need a role player like that to step up in crucial moments. And right now, I really don't know who that's going to be. That's my one concern. Because with that, though, you're going to need somebody in the regular season to help you win games, right? And what do I mean by that is that as currently constructed, the Bucks are going to need Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Dame to be out there A-plus games damn near every single night to get wins, right? Not collectively but if they can just get one of them which should be the case more often times than not you're going to need those guys to be on point for majority of the regular season i look at a team like the lakers i always say this the lakers 
they don't really need LeBron and AD to be at their A-plus game every single night because you have guys like Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves that if they're playing well, they can win you 20, 20 to 30 games, in my opinion, right? So I'm curious to see what guy can kind of take that pressure off the top three of the Bucks and be good and a solid, consistent contributor throughout the regular season so Dame, Giannis, and Chris Middleton don't have to worry about going all out 100% all the time. That's my first thing. My second thing, these are my only two concerns with this team, is defensively, right? Because what Drew did will probably forever be understated when it comes to his short tenure in Milwaukee. Of course, he was probably the biggest reason why they won a championship because you had a pure point guard. You had a guy that could defend at a high level. Let's be honest. A lot of people don't want to talk about this either, but Chris Middleton has been regressing as a defender. And Giannis, Giannis is a really good off-ball defender. Like in help side situations, he will come over and protect the rim and block shots every single day of the week. But when it comes to on-ball defense, when it comes to saying, if you're Adrian Griffin, you want to say, Giannis, go guard the other team's best player. Like, for instance, go guard Jimmy Butler, go guard Joel Embiid, whatever. Giannis isn't really that good at that. Again, as a help side defender, he is special. But when it comes to guarding on the ball, that's not Giannis's strength. And, of course, Dame Lillard has a history of not really being a competent defender, especially because he's a smaller point guard. He is capable of going off for 60 given points on any given night in 50 in a playoff situation. But all three of these guys are not really sound defensive players, if I'm just being honest. And so that is my next question is, who's the best defender on this team? It's probably Brooke Lopez. And especially at Brooke Lopez's age, I want to say he's 35, probably closer to 36, if I'm not mistaken. That's a concern, right? So when you had Drew, you didn't have to worry about that because Drew's one of the better defenders in the NBA. And I hate when people bring up, oh, Jimmy Butler cooked him last year because as much as I love Jimmy, what Jimmy did last year, it wasn't a fluke, but it was an anomaly, meaning that it's only 1%, which are the top stars in the NBA, that could give Drew Holiday buckets the way that Jimmy Butler did in the playoffs last year. Your favorite players, more often times than not, even if they're playing at their best, are not cooking Drew Holiday the way that Jimmy Butler did last year. And so with that, defensively, the Bucks are going to have some concerns, and that's where Adrian Griffin and his coaching staff are going to have to really get in their bags and figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to implement their defensive principles. you got to be able to cover up Dame's weaknesses on that end and Chris Milton's weaknesses on that end and Giannis's weaknesses on that end and you got to maximize the other guys so whoever's going to be their best perimeter defender is something that I'm very curious to seeing and especially with Brooke Lopez being up in age and still having to protect the rim and be a high level rim protector at that I'm curious to see how that plays out but I like this team a lot though if I'm just being honest as a basketball fan I cannot wait to watch Dame and Giannis pick and rolls. I cannot wait for Dame to take that first dribble pass, half court at Pfizer form, and hit a big time three and let the crowd go crazy. And again, I'm a Heat fan, so I'm just talking from a pure basketball fan point. I'm excited to watch this. I truly, truly am. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a show. In playoff time, that's my favorite time of the year. I really, since I've gotten older, I'm not going to lie, I don't really care for the regular season that much. Like, I know it's important. You got to build chemistry, you got to build good habits, you got to learn which guys need shots and what spots and which guys don't need shots and which guys need less minutes. It's important. But for me, I'm all about the playoffs. That's why I just love them 16 games, man. The team, whoever wins it, of course, the Denver Nuggets are the reigning champs. And for the Bucks, this is it for them, right? you got a two to three year window to really maximize. Again, another thing with Adrian Griffin being a rookie head coach, he doesn't really have that head coaching playoff experience. He's been a coach before in the NBA. That's not the concern. But when you go from that second or third seat down the bench to that first seat on the bench, 
it's a different story. So I'm excited to see how that pans out too. But all in all, no doubt in my mind, they'll be a top two team in the East. They should be in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. They will definitely be competing for a championship this year. And finally, 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 last but certainly not least, Damian Lillard is on a championship contending team, people. This is the best part about it. Because when this thing first happened, like when Dame first requested a trade, I was mad at everybody because they were talking about, oh, Dame needs to go to the Spurs or Dame needs to go to the Utah Jazz. No, the reason that Dame wanted to leave Portland was because he was trying to compete for a championship. That's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's exactly what his reasoning was. And he went to a place where he can do that. And that's why I'm not necessarily mad that he got traded somewhere other than Miami because it is Milwaukee. And Milwaukee has a great chance at winning a ring again. And so shout to Dame. He's in a great spot. And hey, let's see how it goes for them. So now let's go to the other top tier team in the Eastern Conference, and that is the Boston Celtics. Of course, again, they traded for Drew Holiday just a couple of days after the Bucks traded for Dame Lillard. And in that deal, again, Boston sent Rob Will, Robert Williams, Time Lord, Malcolm Brogdon, a 2024 first round pick and a 2029 unprotected first round pick as well. And I like this deal. A lot because I've always been saying, you guys know me when it comes to the Celtics. The Celtics have always, since they've had Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in their prime so far, the short prime that they played in so far, they have just not had a true facilitating point guard on the roster. Malcolm Brogdon will score first. Derek White score first. Marcus Smart, he was a good makeshift point guard, but that's not his natural position. And now they finally have a dude that's played point guard for his entire life in Drew Holiday, another Cali boy, by the way. I love this move because, first of all, Drew takes so much responsibility and pressure off of both Jason and Jalen as a playmaker to facilitate and get other guys their shots, and especially as a defender, right? Because Tatum has been probably the best defender for the Celtics for the past few years. I think Robert Williams was the most impactful and probably the most important, but what Tatum does cannot be understated as well because he is an elite perimeter defender. And Jalen Brown had his moments, but to me, he's kind of like in the same tier as Chris Middleton, where I think his defense has been a little bit better than, or excuse me, a little bit worse than advertised. And so with that though, Drew is going to make life a whole lot easier for the two Jays in Boston, right? Jason Tatum is not going to have to worry about getting other guys involved, even though he should, because that's pretty much the next, that's pretty much the next level when it comes to his game offensively. But Drew can do that at a high, high level, and so I love it because, again, he's just a pure point guard. He knows pace, he knows the feel of the game. He's going to know if Jason Tatum's hot, give him the ball. If Jalen Brown is hot, give him the ball. If Al Horford's hit three to four threes, get him the rock. If Porzingis got it going, give him the rock. You need guys like that. Marcus Smart, as good as he was, was just not that. And that's not a knock on him. It's just Drew is a pure point guard, right? And so with that, again, he makes their lives a lot easier. Now, the concern I have with Boston, because again, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I do have Boston as the favorites out the East this year. And I look, I hate saying that. I'm from Inglewood, California. We do not rock with the Celtics whatsoever. And I'm a Miami Heat fan. They're our biggest rivals, right? I do have them as the favorites in the East just because Drew Holiday, as we've seen in the past, I think that was, what, 2018 when the Portland Trailblazers and New Orleans Pelicans matched up in the playoffs. Drew Holiday is one of the few people we've seen literally lock down Damian Lillard. Like, he damn near made Dame look unplayable. I'm not going to go that far, but it was close, right? He had Dame in a torture chamber. Dame did not know what to do 
whatsoever. Now, the case is going to be a little bit differently because, of course, when Dame was in Portland, he was everything for Portland in, in Milwaukee. He doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all for Milwaukee because they have Giannis. But, hey, if you want to be able to match up versus the Bucks, having a matchup for Giannis or Dame is a great start to have. And that's what both Miami and Boston have, luckily, for those two teams. And so with that, you got Drew on Dame. You could probably put Giannis, I mean, excuse me, you could probably put Tatum or Brown on Giannis and just live with that because as great as Giannis is, Giannis is not going to kill you by himself. He can go off for 30 or 40, but especially because he doesn't shoot that many threes, it's not going to be as impactful. You can kind of live with, you know, things like that playing out. But the bad thing for Celtics fans too, though, is that when Chris Middleton is going, Chris Middleton has a long history of torching the Celtics. And I know Celtics fans know about that all too well, but the reason that I do like them against is because I think this quote-unquote big three, I've been seeing people talk about a big four. I'm going to talk about Porzingis in a minute because that's how they've been talking about him is egregious to me, but that's just the Boston uh, media being biased towards them, whatever the case may be. But to me, again, when it goes to, when it comes to Milwaukee, their lack of defensive presence concerns me with their big three. When it comes to the Celtics, Jason Tatum's an elite defender. Drew Holiday is or has been one of the best defenders in NBA history, in my opinion, at the guard spot or on the perimeter or even in the post. So you have that. And even Jalen Brown, again, not a great defender like he's been advertised as, but he's still a very solid defensive player. And he makes plays on that end in crucial times throughout the course of a game. And so with that, that's why I like them is because their big three compared to Milwaukee's is a little bit more balanced. And that's why I got to favor them. Now, the concern with Boston, and then I'll get you guys out of here. The concern with Boston is that because you traded Robert Williams, you don't really have a true rim protector in the paint. Rob Will, again, to me, I don't think he was necessarily their best defender because I'll probably give that title to Jason Tatum or Marcus Smart. But I think Rob Will was the key to that defense because as wing players, if you're Tatum, if you're Brown, if you're Smart, you could pressure the ball and you can get blown by and you can expect Robert Williams to be in the paint protecting that rim like his life depends on it. Now, you're going to be depending on Christoph Porzingis. And I'll, let's talk about him because for some reason, when he was dealt to the Celtics this offseason, early in the offseason, um, leaving Washington, everybody made it seem like this is such a gigantic move and this and that because Porzingis had a really good year. But let's put some context on top of this, right? Porzingis had one of his best years playing for the Washington Wizards, who no offense to my girl Jamie and my guy Wayne Cole, the Wizards were one of the most pathetic teams in the NBA a season ago. They had no aspirations. They weren't trying to make the playoffs. They just existed, right? They were just there. So I don't even know what people are trying to talk about that. And then even before that, when he was in Dallas, he was playing with Luka Doncic, and he was still unhappy about not getting enough touches in Dallas when he's playing alongside one of the best playmakers in the association. Now, I know – I'm not a big fan of how the Mavericks run their offense with Luka just dominating the ball, but they got Kyrie now, and Kyrie, best believe, is going to get his touches. If Kristaps would have just went to Luka and be like, hey, I need some more touches, it probably would have worked out in his favor. He might still be in Dallas for all we know. But with that, again, I'm sorry for saying with that so much, too. I don't know why I keep saying that. But Kristaps is good, but when it comes to him buying into a role, is what concerns me. And again, you're going to be relying on him to protect the rim. You're only two real rim protectors. I'm not even going to say that. You only have one real rim protector. Al Horford's not a rim protector. He has been, 
in his prime, but he's up in age. And that's another concern. Your starting power forward is only getting older. Last year, you can make a case, a big reason why the Celtics lost to my Miami Heat was because Al Horford struggled to shoot the ball. He was not shooting the ball at the clip that most fans of his are used to seeing him shoot at. And that's just the facts of the matter. And so you have those two things in your front court where you lack rim protection and your starting power forward is getting up in age. And so you're going to need a guy like O'Shea Brissett, who I actually do like that. I forgot the Celtics actually added him this past offseason. I've always loved his game. He went to Finley Prep back before, you know, when Finley Prep was open, went to Oregon for a minute, um, and he's done his thing. So I'm excited to see that and how that plays out. But O'Shea Brissett is a player. Excuse me. He went to Syracuse, actually, not Oregon. I'm, I'm thinking I'm getting it mixed up. But O'Shea Brissett is a player from Canada, too. So I like that. We'll see how he gets incorporated. But all in all, I love it. Being a Miami Heat fan, I truly love when the East gets better and makes it more competitive because obviously last year was competitive. You know, we ran through it for the most part, um, went through the Bucks and the Celtics and the Knicks. But when it gets better like this, it just breeds competition. That's the best thing about it. It gets more competitive. It makes teams say, hey, we need to get better. And that's exactly what these two teams did. They got better and they made it happen. And so the East is going to be fun this year, man. I'm excited to see what teams step up. I'm excited to see if the Cleveland Cavaliers can get together. You know, they had it last year where they had a great regular season, fell short in the first round of the playoffs, and, hey, they got humbled because that was really their first playoff experience together as a team, and especially for Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. I'm looking forward to see what is Chicago. You know, what are the Bulls, man, because you still got Zach Levine in his prime. You still got DeMar DeRozan playing really good basketball. You know, Lonzo's still dealing with the injury, but you got Vucevic. You got some up-and-coming players. What are they? What are the Toronto Raptors? Not only ever since they lost Kawhi, but ever since they lost Kyle Lowry, they have no sense of direction, what it looks like. And I just seen a report today that said OG Ananobi has no plans on signing an extension, which is not going to say trouble, but... That dude is supposed to be a key part of their future. They just traded Fred Van Fleet, or excuse me, they lost Fred Van Fleet to free agency. He's now in Houston. So what are they? What are the Hornets? That's the team I'm looking forward to, too, because a lot of people have been kind of discrediting and disrespecting LaMelo Ball just because he's in a terrible situation. But trust and believe, LaMelo Ball is still an elite point guard, and he's only going to get better and better and better. I'm excited to see year two of Ben Matherin in the Indiana Pacers with Tyrese Halliburton and the rest of the pieces they got there. Can Obi Toppin you know, turn things around going from New York to Indiana. That's going to be fun too. The Knicks, are the Knicks going to stay consistent? Because we've seen years where they make the playoffs and the next year they don't. So Jalen Brunson, I believe, is the guy for them. Can R.J. Barrett take a leap? Can Julius Randle get his basketball IQ a little bit better? Can Mitchell Robinson get better? I'm, I wouldn't bet on it, but let's see what the Knicks do. And there's a few other teams out there, but for people that are concerned about my Heat, please don't be concerned about my Miami Heat because, again, as long as we have Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo, we're always going to be competitive. Best believe that. So, as always, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the episode. Shout out to Off the Ball Network. Shout out to Team MBS Media. Shout out to On the Clock. And, as always, shout out to my listeners as well. Y'all stay safe out there. Y'all stay blessed. As always, it's been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a rate and review. I will talk to y'all soon. Peace, love, and blessings gone.